I'm Jay Pitts, a real estate broker, agent, leader, and investor. For the last decade, I've navigated the craziest of real estate markets this country has ever seen, selling over 2,000 homes, moving in and out of markets, always ahead of the curve. And now I'm bringing that perspective to you. This is your resource, and Real Talk About Real Estate starts right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Resource Real Talk About Real Estate. I'm Gabe Pruitt. And I'm Jay Pitts. Back for another episode. It's been a while since we have convened here at Resource last. Yeah. Uh, but we came prepared today with something that we've been talking about in the office a little bit lately. Something kind of unconventional. Something that you may not... Uh, you may uh, furrow your brow at when we when we bring it up to you. But it's uh, it's an interesting topic. It's something that's been getting a lot of uh, buzz around the country, I guess, in certain circles. So something that we thought we should tackle today. I think I think agents might be surprised, especially of one variety or the other, to hear the approach that we're going to. I think it's safe to say that we're going to recommend. Isn't yeah, that fair. Yeah, recommend or at least recommend uh, trying. Yeah, I think I think it, well, it, it's rooted in something that we talk about often providing value, knowing value, conveying value, just, you know, confidence and being, being the opposite of a discount agent. Yep. But yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's a way to look at things. Right. And whether the result is taken literal or figuratively, you know, it's a thing. Right. And we ask you too, if you're skeptical when you hear, when you first hear this, stay with us through this episode because we are going to try to show you the value that this brings as if you were the person we were pitching this to in an appointment. This is going to be a very, a very true to life example of how this would work. So today what we're talking about in the spirit of, like you said, not being a discount broker and that sort of thing, we've done quite a few episodes about uh, how to not have to cut your commission in order to get business, specifically on the listing side when you're taking listings as an agent. Um, we've also talked about how it's important not to allow the consumer to, to believe or to allow yourself to fall into the trap of believing that 6% commissions is the norm. And that's just the way we do it. It's a very dangerous precedent to set. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's no antitrust like tolerate tolerance in this industry. Like, and, and while there is a commission rate that might be prevalent, yep. you know, to, to insist that it is standard is really just not something that any real estate broker should allow to happen. Yeah. And of course we know that 6% is pretty standard in most parts of the country, but at the same time, as we say, you know, we say stuff like, oh, well, all commissions are negotiable, but then at the same time, we tell you not to move off of your 6%. So it's like, which one is it? As soon as I say it's not standard, you say it's standard. Uh, no, I didn't say it's standard. <laughs> did. I said it's, it's pretty, pretty common. You said it's pretty standard. This is why you can't talk about this stuff. This is what you don't do. I right? don't think the... Sec- <laughs> it's not even the SEC. I don't even know who it is. I don't think the feds are listening feds. to resource waiting to, waiting to grab Gabe. There's a antitrust. van in our parking lot outside with two guys just dialing in right now. <laughs> okay, no. No, 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 no. Today what we're going to talk about is how to pitch an 8% listing side commission to prospective sellers. Well, not just listing side commission. That, that's... That, that's no. Oh, I, no, 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 no. An 8% total an 8% total commission, total commission yeah, I misspoke. to a seller. That would be something. Yeah, eight no. percent list side. Yeah. Can you imagine the buy sides agent, like when he sees the settlement statement and you got eight points Half and he's got point. three? <laughs> yeah. He's like, "What? Like you got an 11? Like I don't think. That. <laughs> you know, frankly, and this is this is funny, Gabe. Some people's jaws hit the floor. I heard, even though this is not. Well, I guess it is live on Facebook. Yeah, we're live on Facebook. We're right live now. on Facebook, but um, 
even though we're not live, I heard, you know, via via iTunes or any of the the podcasting worlds, um, places to listen. I'm still hearing the listeners' jaws. Well, yeah. The well, the immediate skepticism is it's like, what? Isn't that kind of greedy? Well, pressure. Right? Like, well, pressure on. And I love the upswing, by the way. Um, mm. Little NLP action for you. Um, go back to prior episodes. We talk about it. Uh, I don't know about greedy. I think pressure on delusional, maybe. Sure. You know, pressure on Why commissions. Anybody pressure on commissions is down, not up. So, but we often preach being contrarian on the show uh, and in our business. And so why wouldn't if why wouldn't you be able? I guess that I'm going to pose this question. If you're a credible real estate professional who knows in your bones that you're worth more than average and you see average agents getting 6% commissions all the time and you see you know, concept proven on four and five percent discount brokerages, five hundred dollar flat fees, etc. And why wouldn't you believe that showing that you provide exemplary service, above average results, why wouldn't you get an above average fee? Mm-hmm. You know, the world. You know, I've had some health issues, no doubt. I mean, our listeners, most most of them know. I've shared it on the show my family has had to go see and seek out the opinions of great doctors. Well, let me tell you something. The best doctors get paid more money than regular doctors. Hmm. You know, I mean, there is that joke where you hear like, what do they call the guy who graduated last in his medical class? You ever heard that? Doctor. Or guy or girl? They call him doctor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's true to a certain extent, but there is absolutely a have and a have not class in any business. Yeah. Okay, the best surgeon in the world, the person that you need to go see that when you put your life in their hands gets paid to do it. Yep. Okay, and, and, and I don't want to trivialize serious situations by comparing them to the sale of a piece of real estate. It's not life and death, but it is serious. Yep. Okay, you know, Gabe, we're talking hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars here, which make a difference. You, you flub that up. You may be sending your kid to a state university instead of a private school. You may be sending them to, you know, uh, you know, they may not be able to go to the summer camp they want to go to. I mean, this is real stuff. So why shouldn't you get paid to do more? So here's the immediate response, right? Before we get into the, the meat and potatoes of what we're going to talk about. The first thing is, okay, I get what you're saying. If I believe that I'm worth more and I can prove that I give above average results, then I should be entitled to an above average fee. I track with you on that. That makes sense. How on earth do I pitch that to the seller before without them getting to the place where they're like, well, yeah, you do this, this, and this, but if someone else can still sell my home and they can still do it for less, that's all I'm looking for. It's really cool that you do more Facebook ads than anybody else, and it's really cool that you have this fancy this, that with your listing photography, but if Agent X is going to sell my house for six, I'm going to sell it for six. Okay, so there, there's a misnomer here, okay? The misnomer is that you must show more. You must prove that you do more to justify receiving more. Sure. It's not, a, but, but that's a misnomer. It has nothing to do with effort, okay? You don't get to have the appointment. You don't get to get the interview without the assumption of the, the without the assumption by the seller that you're going to give the appropriate effort. Mm-hmm. Okay, the fee has nothing to do with the effort. You're a great guy, Gabe. I'm sure you're gonna run. You're gonna run your legs off, and you're gonna just like 
kill it. And I'm sure you, you're, you're worth g- what you say you're y- worth. You're going to do, you no, know, well, maybe not even that, but I'm sure you're going to do what you think is right. Like, I don't know you well enough. I'm, I'm the seller in this case. Yeah. I don't know you well enough. I probably won't, even after this interview, know you well enough to be certain that you're going to be able to get results. Yeah. But I make the assumption that you're going to do everything that you know to do in pursuit of the result. Okay? That I can do. I can give you that. I can grant you that. You seem like an honest guy and a hard worker, and you're going to do what you know to do because our interests are aligned. You don't get paid unless you know you get results. So I don't think you're going to waste your time or money and simultaneously waste mine. I don't think that. I can I can I can make that leap very easily. But that's not what you're after. If I'm you and I'm the agent and I'm trying to justify the means, if I'm trying to justify my fee of greater than what they had expected to pay because believe it or not, the consumer does believe there's a standard commission. Yep. Okay. If I'm trying to justify that, I have to show them results. I have to make them confident in taking the leap of faith on results, not on process. Okay, the only the only reason we sell a marketing plan is to give a greater assurance that results will be achieved. So the marketing plan gets conveyed in conjunction with a presentation of past results to say Here's what we've done, and here's how we did it. We'll do the same thing for you, and this is why we're worth this. Yeah. Like, literally, it's, it's, it's so simple. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm, t- I'm kind of belaboring the point here, but... Well, we're burying the lead a little bit, because what we do want to get to, before we get too far into this episode, uh, is that this 8% number is not something we picked out of the air. It's something specific, and it, it is part of a very specific strategy in the spirit of being more tactical which is what we said this season was all about we're going to give you an actual strategy that you can go and employ immediately after listening to this episode maybe maybe rehearse it a few times but yeah. then well but even then dude i don't think we're burying the lead at all they have to understand why sure this and is the have, why there, there is a fundamental difference about about showing what okay what you're going to do versus the results you're going to achieve that's yeah. what you have to understand you have to understand before you you can't make this compelling argument without without rooting it in results okay so now let's talk tactics yeah exactly so and it's like you said it's you don't want to you don't want to be going into this meeting showing them like well this is why i charge more is because i spend this much on marketing and it's not about how much you spend on marketing it's about what our marketing does that's what you're saying right Yeah, absolutely it's about the results that we regularly achieve yeah, yeah, or or why this new departure from what you've done in the past will get greater results, and being able to explain it in a way that the customer believes. Yeah, that's that that's what it's about. So so far, as you're listening to this, been so about, why why eight and not six and a half? Yeah, okay. Why so eight and not seven? We're ten minutes in. You're like, okay, all none of this is news. We're not going to talk about this for forty five minutes, are we? Like, I know to know my value, preach my value, get my get my worth. So this eight percent number goes with this very specific plan that we have been working on and that we've been testing out in some cases right now, and it's going to become more standard for us, uh, hopefully. The way that this works is, in lieu of a what you might call traditional or what people might be familiar with, a 6% commission where 3% goes to the buyer's side and 3% goes to the listing side, the pitch is an 8% total commission where 4% goes to the listing side and 4% goes to the buying side. So it's still an even split, mm-hmm. but the message that you're 
delivering to the seller is that in this market, especially if this is a competitive uh, buyer's market or you have a, a property that you know is a lot like other, it's not a very unique property that's going to get unique viewership, right? You're saying we're going to make your property stand out by offering a 4% buyer side commission and we're going to advertise that to agents in the area so that it goes to the top of their mind when they're thinking about how they want to show their clients. Obviously, you don't want to go so far in that you say, agents are crooks. And as soon as they know there's a higher commission, they're only going to show that house to their client. Like, that's not what we're saying. But No, but you're, you're, you're acknowledging that they're human and they want to make more, not less. Yeah, and we're not asking anybody to do something wrong. We're incentivizing, hey, remember us. Remember our listing because we're the ones offering 4% for your attention. Yep. Like for your for your exclusive and your your premium attention on our listing, we're offering four percent to buyers agents. Now I know seller that that means the listing that you're going to be paying that's coming out of your net is a little bit higher. But with the added attention that we're going to draw your property, we may be able to create a like a bidding war. We may be able to create a buyer frenzy right up front. Prices might go up as a result. We may even be able to price slightly ahead of what the market might dictate anticipating this kind of attention and then the best part of this whole pitch and like i'm going real fast through this but we're going to break it down the best part is you immediately have a buffer built in where you can say if for any reason this eight percent strategy is not working how we're expecting it to we can go back down to a more traditional six percent listing side you know, and the price will come down to reflect that if we've increased the price and nothing ventured, nothing gained. Well, and, and here, here's the thing that I want to make sure that we're not missing. Okay. It, all that is well and good. Okay. But you have to understand that eyeballs create showings, create offers, create contracts, create closings. So, that is that is a funnel descending from top to bottom. Yeah. You only get one closing per property, right? right? Exactly. You can get lots you can get multiple contracts, you can get lots of offers, you can get a whole whole pile of showings and you can get a whole bunch more people seeing the property online or any form of But you're of always filtering down to but one. But you're always filtering down to one. Again, it's about results. So what you're betting is that by creating more eyeballs on the property that each level of that funnel is larger than if you don't. And that helps you get to an end result that is a greater price, which allows a better net in a faster time, in a, fa in a shorter amount of time, mm -hmm. okay? Which, which most of the time equates to a more desirable result for the seller. Now, we go back a few minutes, okay? Because you touched on you touched on the the price reduction if the if it doesn't work and yep. all that stuff. Like th these are these are all ancillary points. The only reason a seller would ever do this is if they believe it will net them more money. Yeah. The exactly. only but but it's a manageable it's as relatively small I'm talking math only, okay? I'm not talking your history, your 40 years in real estate and how, you know, you're not going to get greater than 6% commission. I've never seen it. It'll never happen. I don't I don't want to hear that argument. Like relatively speaking, 6% is a small percentage of 100%, which is what we're dealing with. Yes. Right? Gr grant me that just mathematically. Yeah, it is 6%. Okay? <laughs> so from 6 to 8 is a 2% increase. Still a relatively small percentage of the whole. Yep. Okay? 
And when you consider the swings in sales price as percentage of the whole, that 2% increase can, in a lot of cases, be offset yeah. by better marketing. I, I am proof of it. Our team is proof of it. We beat the average realtor by two percentage points. Yep regularly. And if you remember this, this is the exact same type of math we're talking about when we're talking about defending your six against a Ex discounted five. Exactly. If the market, you're now you're just doing it for eight against if six. If the market average is 96 and we average 98% of list price at the time of contract, then I'm already incentivizing people to work with me by 2%. Mm -hmm. I also beat the average days on the market by 25%. So really, people should pay me 2% more and they still get a better result than with the average realtor. Yeah. You follow? Yeah. Okay. So, but I'm not even saying that. I'm not even asking for more money for myself for the same work I've been doing. Exactly. Which is what it might have sounded like. Which is what it might sound like, okay, to, to the layperson or to the agent that is not enlightened to this, the, the way all this breaks down fundamentally. What I'm asking is that Mr. or Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Seller, show me some, some faith here. Look at my track record. I'm going to raise your price by 2%. Yep. If you're selling a median-priced home in our market, it's $200,000. That's four grand. The difference to a buyer between 200 and 204 is negligible. It's a few bucks over the, a month over the course of 30 years. Exactly. Okay? I'm going to incentivize their agent to the tune of $2,000 to help me sell your house faster and for more money. And I'm going to use the two extra 2,000 you're going to pay me, right? Mm -hmm. To make that happen. Yep. Okay, we talked about the, the classic commission objection handler where you say, I pay, of my six, I pay three to the buyer's agent, one to run my office, one to market your property, and I have one in profit. Yeah. I'm not looking for an extra one in profit. Exactly. And okay. what I was going to say in a minute, and we can skip it all together now, was what happens when you get hit with the objection, well, this plan sounds great. Why don't we just do seven? Why do you need an extra yeah. point? The extra because points I, because I need the 1% yeah. to, to triple down on the, market. on the marketing, marketing to agents. We tell people that we market half the time. Half of our time is spent marketing to consumers. The other half is spent marketing to real estate agents. Now, I'm going to double that. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to triple it because if you look at it in terms of percent, I'm going to take the 1% that I had for marketing your property. I'm going to split it in half and I'm going to go consumer here, half a point, agent here, half a point. I'm going to add another full point yep. onto that. So it's three times it's the It's three times what it would have been. Yeah. Three times what it would have been in terms of marketing spend. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to do. And so I'm going to drive, I'm going to take that 2% gain I've got on the market and that 25% in time and I'm just going to, I'm going to explode it. Yep. Is what I'm going to do. That's what that that's what I need your faith. And guess what? Like you said, if it doesn't work, we'll drop the price to two hundred. We'll, we'll drop we'll drop the we'll drop the commission two percent. Yeah. Now we're back at six, and here and here's how we'll move forward. You you build this scenario, and you're gauging their reaction the whole way to Absolutely. see what they're thinking. If there's obviously a bunch of tension, and you seem like it's there's a lot of this that's happening where they feel kind of boxed in. They don't know if they're comfortable with this. Yeah. You can always say, well. And if this is not your cup of tea, if you don't think that this is exactly how we do it, don't worry. There's always the classic six percent. And then guess what? You haven't lost. You haven't lost anything. So, so you've changed the conversation from "Can I get less than six? to 
can I get six? Now they're relieved to get six. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Now, now those consumers out there, guys, we're not. They, they we're not trying to, to figure us. out we, a hope wink. We're, we're, no. we're not. We're not using Jedi mind tricks here. The, the thing you need to understand is that if you're a consumer, you want the best agent. You want the agent who's willing to push the envelope. Well, and it's like you said, this isn't about trickery. We're not trying to teach you this the magic word to say or the expression or the the NLP to use to convince somebody. It's like you said, it boils down to math. If you've got a calculator, you can show somebody why this is beneficial to them. No, absolutely. And, and with the results behind, I mean, look, I had to prove the concept on the original marketing plan by starting somewhere. Okay, here, here's another thing. Agents, back to you. Consumers, hang with us. Agents. This is a real story. So Doug Edrington, a guest two-time. on the show very recently. A couple of weeks yeah. ago. Uh, two-time guest. Uh, really, really started this train of thought for me. Okay, Started it several years ago. And what that manifested into, agents, don't shoot me, manifested into a three and a half, two and a half by side, 6% split from my standpoint. We yeah, took the extra. Not always we took the, we took the, It wasn't popular, but it worked. And we took the half a percent and we doubled down on marketing. And we so got great results It's kind of like the opposite of school of thought. You're getting the extra extra marketing dollars to double down on your, the consumer. your consumer marketing. Banking on the fact that the consumer will compel the agent to show the listing despite it being a discounted commission. It is the, it's the opposite. It's the opposite. It's, it's the, it's the, well, it's, it's not the opposite. It's, it's placing less value on the buyer's agent. And unfortunately, I found myself in a situation where I felt like, that's where we needed to be. We were doubling down on believing that we could communicate directly to the consumer. Exactly. Not we, needing to go through their intermediate. And we did. Yeah. And we did, and it worked. And agents who didn't bring their value got pissed at me, and that's fine because I'm willing to be a contrarian. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to take the heat. I'm willing to debate anyone. I still believe those things, by the way. Did you ever have sellers in listing appointments that no. expressed concern about the 2.5 They brought it up. Enough? They brought it up. They brought it up, and then I sold their house in three days and under multiple offers. And, you know, based on the original marketing blitz that we did to get like am amazing, an amazing amount of showings. Okay. The point is, you get paid your value. The market is a great equalizer. Okay. So I kind of lost my train of thought there, but here's what I think where you we were talking were, about Doug, and you well, were talking I about think, how you started. Yeah. This where, where we were headed was is he inspired me to look at commission split and marketing and and understand that these percentages are infinitesimal. The movement of them in one direction or another can have large effects or it can have minimal effects depending on what change you're making. And it's all about how you frame it too when you're talking to the client because think about what it, when you increase the 6% commission by two more additional percent. If in their mind they're thinking 6% is the total, 6% is 100% of the commission. We're talking $4,000. Yeah. Literally, they will sneeze four thousand dollars in a counteroffer, like two two weeks down the road. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. They'll that's balk the way they need to be if looking it's at if it. it's not presented the right way. They'll balk yeah. in a sell in in an appointment. If if a, if an agent goes in and trips over their words and is not confident and doesn't show them the value, they will balk. They will roast that agent for that. Yeah. But then they'll sneeze it away in two weeks when the emotion of the sale has set in and that they think that's the only offer they're ever going to get. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it's not true. Yeah, well, what I'm saying is if their head is in the negotiation mode where they're not thinking about the end result, like you you have not prepared them by thinking about results, like you said at the top of the episode, and they're just thinking about how to win this spar with you about commission, 2% additional on top of a 6% commission is a 33% 
increase of the commission, right? Like if that's what their head is doing in math, you know, it's 2%, 2%, 2%, that's six. And then another 2%. It's 4,000 bucks, Gabe. That's what it really is. That's what you have. It's $4,000. You have to get them there. You have to help them understand that it's $4,000. Yeah. It's $4,000 and I'm going to get you more than four in exchange for it. Yeah. That's all. That's all it is. It's a triage. That's it. Mm -hmm. Like literally it period point blank. End of story. Really no further need for conversation. Yeah. 4,000 bucks. Can I, are were you willing to bet on me that I can take this 4,000 that you're giving me and, and return you five? That's all, that's all we're talking about. Yep. Okay. So invest again, a little more and I'll turn it into positive. Exactly. Positive, positive results. Positive return. And, and, and there's a safety release, just like you said, because if we don't, if it not doesn't, it, hap- if it doesn't happen, it. then we won't do it. Yeah. Okay. So go back to Doug. Okay. He, he inspired me to look at this by telling me the story. Real situation in his in his career as a real estate agent, relatively new to the business. He comes in the office. Another new agent is working floor time. Okay. Who remembers floor time? You ever heard flow time is slow time? That's what they used to say. Anyway, you sit in the office and do your paperwork. It's like sitting in an open house when nobody shows up. Back in the car days, it was called the lot lizard. Whoever the, the lot lizard was. was the person. I've heard lot lizard used in a very different way, Gabe. Okay, and I'm not going there. It involves truck stops, and I'm not. I'm not okay, saying that's anything. That's not what more. I was just. That's okay, not what I was <laughs> whole other thing. We got a segment sure. of listeners really laughing right now. Okay, okay, so. <laughs> You were talking about Doug. Doug told story. the story that he walked into the office and another new agent was working floor time and got a phone call. And it was a lady who was, and this is probably, it's the reflection of the time. It was probably 15 years ago that yeah. this happened. And uh, the new agent had um, just gotten off the phone with a prospect who was on their way to the office. And they had like 15 MLS sheets printed, which we don't print stuff anymore. So, man, another those were the days. Anyway, they were printed out. She probably just sent a laid, fax to laid somebody. across. <laughs> it's 2019, Karen. <laughs> um, th- th- shout out to the broke agent for that. Meme. I was going to see Die Hard um, in theaters after this. Gabe, you gotta stop. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, so MLS sheets laid out like ten of them. Yeah, and uh, she's like raking them off the table into the trash, like narrowing it and down. Doug's to watching like four. this right? and he's watching this happen. He's like, what, what are you doing? And she's like reordering them and raking these in the garbage and like really just kind of like staring at her list. And he's like, what are you, what are you doing? And she's like, well, I'm, I'm figuring out which houses I'm going to show this lady. Oh, okay. Do they meet her criteria? Yeah, they all meet her criteria. Oh, okay. Well then, you know, why are you not showing them all? Oh, well, you know, I've got another appointment this afternoon and I'm going to show her four houses and these four have the highest commission. <laughs> and it was like, you know, there were fact. 2%, 2%, 2.5%, 2.5% gone. Yeah. These are three, three and a half, three and a half, and four. Right? Which which is funny. It's, you know, Chattanooga is a smaller city than Louisville. Okay. Chattanooga is where Doug's from, if you haven't watched before. But he's from Chattanooga. Chattanooga is a smaller city than Louisville. Um, it, it's not a major metropolitan area, but it's a nice little city. And, you know, growing up in a place that is a tad more rural than, than Louisville. Um, I've experienced real estate professionals that have offered substantially like higher and lower commissions. And it just, I've the, seen 10 ranges. I've more. seen 10% on land, like land sales, like you know, auctioneers get 10% buyers premiums. So some people like, there are places where commissions are, they, and then there's like flat rates too. On, there's like, flat rates on discounts. And I mean, anyway, that that's a whole nother thing, right? So, 
Yeah, Doug basically was just like the light bulb went off. And so he started doing research and he was able to substantiate, which I can't in our market, it doesn't happen enough. But he was able to substantiate that homes with greater than 3% buy side split sold for like X amount faster. Hmm. And so that that led him to go in the direction of offering above average buy side commissions. Again, needing to to drive that message, he expanded the list side commission because of the additional spend that it was going to take for him to promote the the side the the higher than average buy side commission to the all the all the agents in his market. So, you know, you're adding margin to your business. You're being a contrarian. I mean, this is so right up my alley. I don't even know what else could be more up my alley because it's about value. It's about being contrarian, showing your difference to the consumer. It's about you know, helping people achieve better results, all these things. Yeah. And, and it's just like, check, 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 check. Every box that I want to hit working in this industry. Right. And here's another thing to think about too. You're talking about kind of like the ancillary benefits of this approach. We talked about it on the show before, you know, this negotiation is the first of many you're going to have with these clients, you know, negotiating your commission. We talked about standing your ground on commission eons ago because soon you're going to have to negotiate about repairs. Maybe you're going to have to negotiate about doing a price reduction. Maybe you're going to have to negotiate about this X, Y, Z. If you can go into an appointment, especially if they've had other appointments before you and you can get someone excited about paying you more than they thought they were going to pay someone else because they believe in your plan. They believe in your strategy. If you can win over that, like them in that negotiation there's not going to be anything you can't convince them to do when they see that your results speak for themselves and that you know what you're talking about and that you have a plan. If you can get them to pay more than they thought they were going to pay and be excited about it, then you're set. Like you're set for the whole well, transaction. It, it, you know, it's, it's, it all assumes the need for the fact that you are an honorable person doing the right thing by yeah. them, right? But they need to yeah, see the benefit to them. But, but yes, and if they believe that this is going to be a benefit to them now and you deliver then there's no reason they wouldn't see the benefit as you convey it to them on their repair counter or what to do when an appraisal comes in light or, you know, and, and, and the unsung here. And look, here's the thing. I was always taught you, you don't give away your commission on the front side. You only give it away on the back side, and only if you have to. And if you have to, you got you, you to gotta be the hero. Yeah. So when you've got an extra point, on every deal, it's a little easier to save a deal. So, so not only due to what you're saying, Gabe, like earning that trust up front, yeah. you're, you're, you're banking future goodwill, and you got a little more safety net behind you because if you got to pay $500 for a home warranty to get a deal done, then you got an extra point to do it with. Yeah. Instead of going in your pocket after you discounted a two and a half already, you know, and not only this, I'll take it even a step further. You've banked goodwill with the buyer's agent because they're getting paid more on this deal than they thought they were going to. And you just may run across their path again in the near future. Well, are they going to... All of a sudden, no, they're like, Jay on. Pitts, he's the 4% De- guy. Deal problem, deal problem is $500. You might get 250 from them because in the spirit of cooperation, you've agreed to compensate them well to start with. Yeah. That's one. Number two... They go looking for your listings in the future. Yeah, they go. To, they scroll through the hot sheet so, and sort so, by your office. So you say you say the rising tide raises all ships, right? So once you get the reputation for compensating agents, well, you might you might just sell your listings even faster. Yeah, don't you think? Which means this- you might need to go to ten percent. 
I mean, and offer five and five. As long as you're still leaving your clients in the green, you know, and you're. This is no joke, Gabe. In, in, I could see this going way farther than eight. Like mathematically, you know, if you just take emotion out of this completely, you literally. Can well, take it. what happens when you when you push this too far and appraisers start to wonder where all this appraisers. inflated value? Like, I mean, if you're raising the price every time you're raising the commissions, too, you know what I'm saying? Like. What at what point are you starting to get outside the realm of reality within the market? When the market stops inclining, that's what happened. I mean, sales are what dictate the market anyway. So if, if that's what's happening, the the sales dictate the market, and an appraiser is always going to reel you in. Okay, so let me ask you this: I'll answer this question perfectly. Okay, okay, um, Gabe, if you own a piece of property, okay, and you think that you could convince someone to pay two hundred and fifty thousand for it, okay. But you know there's a pretty good chance it's only going to appraise for 240. Yeah, just maybe. Is 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 that enough reason for you to not list it at 250? No. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah, I'm still So how are you it. harmed by listing it at 250, selling it at 250, having it under appraise at 240, which you thought was going to happen to begin with and you ultimately accept 240? Yeah. I mean, how are you harmed? You still got the most that was your emotions? earthly possible. Your, your, your emotions got harmed. That's all. Yeah. I mean, like you got maybe excited. it's a bummer. You got excited when you thought you might get an extra 10000 and that ultimately you got let down on that front. But, yeah. but you know, literally. Well, who knows? You might set the new, you might just be the new normal. And guess what? That's exactly right. Because, yeah. you know. You I might mean, get that shocking appraisal where they agree. Records get set all the time in neighborhoods, right? I mean, to me, the fact that it might not appraise is not is not a reason not to try. Yeah. So exactly. I I I hope we're we're driving this point home. Yeah. Maybe if at the beginning you were like shaking your head, but maybe now you're like, hmm, I could see where where I could run into this. What do you think are the number one like are the biggest problems that someone's going to face? The maybe the biggest objections or the biggest issues, hurdles they'll have to overcome when they're presenting this for the first few times. I think the biggest challenge here, here's what I think. I think the biggest challenge to implementation is the law of big numbers. So right now in the market, Midwestern markets, this is a lot lot easier to pull off because. On a percentage basis, ah, I see where you're going. on a percentage basis, the numbers are a lot. Smaller. Yeah, our examples are revolving around a median 200k. So, so, so when you multiply that by five, and your median price becomes a million bucks, all of a sudden two okay, percent is all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean, all, all of a sudden two percent is twenty grand, and you can buy your kid a used, you know, a used <laughs> Honda for that. They're like, do you need twenty grand 20, to market 000? this to agents? Yeah, like air? Facebook ads don't cost five <laughs> times more in LA than they do here. Exactly. Right. So so. There, there is a certain segment of our, our, you know, listenership that they will this, have to get creative. That's, and it's those same markets where there's a stronger pressure, downward pressure on commissions. So just like push it a half point each. Yeah. You know, go try, try to get try to, or or use this to get six instead of instead of trying to get seven or eight. You know, I, I can't stop thinking about the six-minute, seven-minute abs thing from something, <laughs> something about Mary. But no, <laughs> not six. It's not six. It's seven. Um, anyway. So, <laughs> I can't believe we've never run across that reference before, talking about six and seven percent. Yeah, I have no idea. But anyway, so yeah, you just use this as a basis to get whatever your value is. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying, frankly, here, here's, here's another shocker. I'm not going to say that, Realtors are worth 6% in California where the prices are 2 million bucks average. I, I don't know. 
I don't know what that. I'm not in that marketplace, so I can't participate and say. Yeah. I think I think it's as ridiculous in one way as like to me, the fact that we would do our job for less than six is silly mm. to me. In this market. In this marketplace. In this market where we are right now, Louisville, Kentucky, as hard as we work, as good a results as we get, the fact that we would ever accept less is kind of silly to me. Sure. The, the fact that how anybody that does it as well as we do it would ever take less than six, everything you have to do to compete is silly to me. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that that number isn't five in California where, yeah. the, where the price is five times as Five, you know, five X. Yeah, our, our medium price. It doesn't necessarily mean it's five times harder to close a deal. There is literally, it's not a linear relationship. Exactly. Is what I'm telling you. So anyway, that's that's kind of. But yeah, my for, for a large swath of our listeners, this is applicable and something that you know they could probably you know try and use and get some real good use out of. Yeah, it, it's it's just it's just it's it's a preframe at worst. You preframe your value with a number that's here when you're willing to accept slightly less to hold where you're at. Mm-hmm. If you can make a compelling argument for eight, there's a good chance you're going to get six. Okay, here's another challenge that you might come before we run out of time. Um, what if your market is experiencing just buyer craziness right now where your seller is not convinced that they need extra money in order to generate you know, first day madness. They're like, my neighbor sold them one day. House on the street push, sold them one day. Push the price. Yeah. Okay. Be be the agent that has the guts to push the price. If you're gonna be, if you're gonna be the agent, if you're gonna try and perpetrate this upon a an extreme seller's market, right? Yeah. Which it works better in a buyer's market. Exactly. You're okay. solving a problem with. You're this. incentivizing the buyer's agent to favor your property over other inventory. When yep. the inventory is short, it's harder to be favored. So if you're going to try to do this in an extreme seller's market, which there aren't very many out there anymore. Okay. Like we're kind of in a seller's market, but it's not like it was. Not no. And, last and, summer. And so and so but and it's certainly not in higher most higher price markets around the country. If you are if you're in an extreme seller's market, you've got to push the price. Be the one that has the guts to push the price, you know, and understand what the contingencies are. If you don't deliver, you you got to roll it back. Yeah, and it's like you said, that, and that's where the escape clause comes in. If they're worried like, oh, we're going to lose valuable days on market if we overprice and people, you know, aren't into it and they turn us aside, well, we can always walk it back and we can always go back to a more traditional strategy and I'm, we're going to achieve the results that we say we achieve. Here's proof that we achieve those results. And if and if you're not comfortable taking that risk, let's just do it at six. Sign here. That's it. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. You know what? I totally understand that. I'm willing to do Lost this nothing. for you. I'm willing to do this. Yeah. You make it a you make it a special case. Oh, yeah. In this you're, case, you're special. We'll just we'll do the six or the five, <laughs> whatever it is where you are. Because remember, we're not. There's no standard. I would I would I would go hard at the eight. Yeah. If I'm you, that's what I do. Interesting. Well, I mean that's that's the that's the basics of it. There's nothing. I'm trying to think if there's any major objection that you would uncover. Besides you're greedy. You you touched on the greedy thing. But yeah, but you when immediately you immediately overcome that by showing how this no, this is not about making me more money. This is about making you more money. Yeah, like, it's, it's, it's about th- this is this is a tool. Like okay, so I often tell I often tell sellers, okay, you really only have a couple of decisions to make, and f- to make those decisions, you have a couple of things to analyze. Okay, number one, you have to decide. Am I hiring the right agent? Okay, one. Okay, one. You have to an- answer the question, am I pricing correctly? Two, okay. 
Number two is probably more important than number one because the wrong price, even the best agent can't sell it. Okay, when a house doesn't sell, you're asking yourself the same questions over again. Did I hire the wrong agent or did I pick the wrong price? It's one of the two. So look, if you want to fire me, fire me. Just don't give the next guy the price I asked for. Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm telling you. Don't make me don't make me the guinea pig, right? That you won't do what I say until you fire I don't wanna me. I don't wanna be like I don't wanna be <laughs> I don't wanna be the, the one that dies during the scientific testing and they <laughs> find the cure for the next guy. Like literally yeah. <laughs> I wanna I want I would give me the cure. Right. Like, I'm telling you what the problem is. This analogy took okay. a dark turn. It, turned, it took a really weird turn. <laughs> but no, that is, I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> Marcy's giggling over there. Anyway, um, no, <laughs> just give me the cure. Yeah. I'm telling you what the problem is. Just give me the cure. I, I'm not the reason. If you think I'm the reason, if you think the next guy can get this price, that's fine. Yeah. Get, give it to him or her. Let them try it at this price. You're not going to get the result because this is the problem. Yeah, the, and when you were saying that a second ago, the thing that you brought to mind for me from a resource episode from probably like two years ago was you say something about how under no circumstances do I ever leave money on the table. It's not what I do. I don't sell any houses for less than what they're worth. No. I don't do it. It's not part of my brand. No. I won't do it. So I'm proposing this plan because I believe I can sell your house for more than you think you can sell it for. And I can make you more money. And That's, I'm not gonna tell I'm not gonna tell you I'm gonna sell your house for less than I think I can. No, absolutely not. I would never do that. I'm on your side. Like I, I don't know how many times I said I said it today. I talked to I was talking to a friend of mine today and I was like, look, dude, we're not leaving any money on the table. Yeah. If there's like, money to be had, like he we're said gonna, to me, we're gonna find he it. He said to me, Luke Andrews, one of our, our pod leaders here on the team, met with a client of mine. And did a prelim kind of walk through and he'd shown him a couple of houses. Things were a little busy and hectic and, you know, Luke was helping me out with that. He said, you know, I think we can get, I think we can get this price for your house. And the guy was like, I don't know about that. And I'm like, you know what? We're not leaving any money on the table. We'll, we'll look at the market at the time you list and make sure that we feel confident in the number, but I'm going to skew aggressive. Mm -hmm. I'm going to skew aggressive because we can come down and come down quickly. We can, we can evaluate more information that we will have in our possession after the property hits the market than we had before it went to the market. But we're not going to leave money on the table. Yeah. And if you're going to be aggressive with prices anyways, do it where you have space to come down in the commission if, you have to, if it backfires and you have to come back. Like if, you're, if you already know you're going to be aggressive on pricing, don't be aggressive on pricing at six and then back yourself into a corner where you have to come away from it. No, absolutely not. I mean, you know, oftentimes you'll go into a listing appointment where you've got a couple of objections that you've got to handle. It's your commission rate. It's the price. It's the length of your contract. And you know that they're all interrelated, right? Yeah. So like, you know, if you cut your commission, your arm, you got one arm tied behind your back. If you take it too high, you know, it's going to take longer, but they're asking for a shorter contract. Starting at a disadvantage. It's, it's, you're putting yourself at a substantial disadvantage when you do any of those things. So you've got to basically keep all that in mind when making concessions at any point in time. But the best thing to do is just convey your value, earn the trust and don't make concessions. Exactly. And so it's easier to not make concessions when you go in asking for a little more and you know you're gonna get you're gonna get the attention that comes with being the contrarian. Yeah, and so maybe in summary to wrap this episode up, the best news is you don't need to go out and learn any new technique in order to make this a reality right away. You're using the techniques you've already honed over your career career in real estate and negotiating. All you have to be able to do is math. If you've got yeah. access to a calculator, you can successfully pitch this to anybody that you would successfully list with anyways. Yeah. It's just an, it's just adding one math equation and seeing if they get excited about it. 
It's very simple. Yeah. So if you've got any questions, feel free to reach out to us. You know, we're live on Facebook. If you've not been watching our episodes, you can find us at the Resource Podcast Facebook page and watch this live. But you can always send us your questions. Let us know if you have any issues, and we will get in touch with you. We'd love to hear from you. But that's a wrap for today on Resource, Real Talk About Real Estate. We'll see you all soon. See you, folks.